Walk It, Bike It, Ayrshire podcast is a creation of the Active Travel Hub Kilmarnock and Active Travel Hub Air. For those who don't know us, both hubs operate out of the train stations in their respective town centres and work to promote active travel to the general public, to workplaces and community groups. We want to make it easier for everyone to access walking and cycling and to see them as better alternatives to taking the car. Whilst we're all currently working from home, we're still here to help and you can call, email or contact us through social media and we hope you'll love our new podcast, Walk It, Bike It, Ayrshire. Hi everyone, welcome to the Walk It, Bike It, Ayrshire podcast. We are back for our new November uh, 2022 episode. I'm Amy from the Active Travel Hub in Air, and I'm joined today by my friend Neil from Social Track, who are based in North Lanarkshire. So Social Track for those who don't know, are a community interest company and they um, work with loads of kids, basically bringing joy to everybody's lives through the love of BMX and ski and um, all sorts. I'm going to let him tell you exactly everything that they do because they talk about it so much better than I do. So the reason um, I've got Neil on today really is because he's been um, involved in a project with me in Girvan recently, which we've posted about on our social media a fair bit. So we'll tell you in depth lots about the Girvan project later on. Um, but I'm going to hand over to Neil really to tell you, first of all, a um, bit, bit more about Social Track and let you do that. Neil, you're the expert. Welcome. <laughs> That's a loose expert. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Social Track, in a nutshell, is we use action sports as a way to engage with young people, get them involved in active travel, as well as that, boosting mental health through, obviously, activity, exercise, and realising that when you're learning skills, sometimes things don't go according to plan, but you can build off your failures and become amazing, so that way you don't become discouraged. So that's, that's how we get resilience out of the young people. And that's pretty much it summed up without going into... No, you said it so much better than I did. That's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> and resilience is, it's a big word, isn't it? We hear it a lot, especially when we're working with the schools and things at the moment. It's something that the schools are are keen to be building in young people. So the key yeah, word. It, yeah, it's especially when you look at the society just now, there's there's lots of issues. Mm. And, and teaching kids that, you know, people are putting pressure on you. People want you to do exams, they want you to do this, they want you to do that. And, you know, some days you just might not be up to that, but yeah. you can always come back or you can make a success out of even what goes wrong. Yeah. So Social Track established about 2017, we think, by yourself and Dan. Yep. And you're running with, is still you guys are both obviously still heavily, heavily involved and you've got staff on board now that uh, support your activities and things, yeah? Yeah, I think we think we're currently with six staff now. Oh, well, cool. That's pretty decent. Yeah. So you, I think we've obviously spoken lots about this before, but you're funded sort of similarly to us, aren't you? So we get um, a lot of our funded through the Smart Choices, Smarter Places Fund through yep. Pass for All, through Transport Scotland, and um, for active travel. And you guys are similar, aren't you? And we yeah. have other funding. Yeah, so, so we have Pass for All, through the Smarter Choices. Then currently we're also funded through the a project with the council, which is ironically also sponsored by Smarter Choices. Okay. <laughs> uh, and that's that's a big lot of our funding just now. 
Yeah. Then we have things where we work with the National Lottery to run small community events. There's also small council grants for community stuff. And then there's probably other ones that I've forgotten. Yeah, there always is. Yeah. <laughs> but you're essentially a, a, an active travel project, the same yeah. as us, just, just delivering it differently. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we felt uh, when we were starting this up, uh, I'd worked in bike shops in Stirling and Glasgow, so I'd seen things that uh, through sort of Recycle Bike and Bikes for Good or the bike station as they were then, what they did, and felt there was things that they were both missing. So taking that bit where we felt that there was a gap mm. and going into that rather than offering people more of the same, offering yeah, yeah. them something that's different. Yeah. So what's what's your background then? Are you obviously you're into skate and BMX? Is that been a thing your whole life, or is that just yeah? Where just did you pick go, that up? Yeah, just going fast trying to hurt myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's basically what a lot of the lessons come out of because you know back back when we were young, we had VHS videos that were really grainy and it was hard <laughs> to work out what was going on, and we made a lot of mistakes. And now you can get YouTube or us coming and telling you, and you can see everything and work workout so yeah although action sports can be risky we'll show you the way to do it without as much risk or teach you to judge the risk yeah yeah and part i think part of the um part of why what you do is so good is that risk that's in there because often um when you're working with schools with kids um you're encouraged not for there not to really be any risk and that nobody should fall and skin their knee or anything like that and yeah. I think um what was really refreshing about working with you guys is that yeah what you're doing is a is there's small risks there um but it's kind of refreshing to work that way and it was kind of nice to just have loads of fun and, yeah. and enjoy what you're doing and and if somebody's skins their knee then they'll survive they'll be okay <laughs> and they don't care they're going to come back next week and do it again so um I think that's what's a big part of the draw of it isn't it yeah it's... I think I, I don't want to go down that whole health and safety culture is a bad thing because yeah. it's not necessarily a bad thing no, 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 no. but uh, I think it was something like Danny McCaskill that who'd said that uh, I'm not a risk taker I'm actually risk averse it's we encourage you to look at what you can do and slowly push yourself so that, you know, say it's a six-week block, you're definitely going to be doing something at the end of those six weeks that the first week you told us you couldn't do. Mm -hmm. And that that's it. And then once you realise that you can start to put all these building blocks together rather than trying to rush straight to the top, which was a mistake we made when we were kids, you know, <laughs> like we'll forget the building blocks and not put them in. But because those building blocks are there, the kids can then go off and practice safely. So what, what one of the things I thought about was when we started bringing skateboarding to schools, is one of the things the kids always wanted to do was bomb hills, <laughs> you know, fly down a hill. Uh, that is a scary, and there's certain risks that are involved in that. But I also realised that if we didn't show them how to do it safely, they were going to do it at home and be injured. Yeah. So therefore, we can take that risk away from being at home or where there's no adult supervision yeah and show them how to a stop because it's pretty important <laughs> and how to do it safely and it, it takes it takes that sort of takes a, a bit of the magic away but not a lot of it yeah. like the same as you know with kids maybe showing a kid how a match works is better than leaving a kid with a box of matches that they think is magic 
Yeah. Because they don't understand that it's just a you strike it and you have <clears> fire and it's like, ooh. So it's, it's trying to scale back the risk and yeah. let them understand it, but also show them where they can go yeah. safely. Stepping outside their comfort zone, isn't it? With yeah. with you know people there to make sure they're they're going to be okay. And I think that's a big part of what they'll go home at the end of the day and they know they've done something that they they didn't realise they were going to be able to do. It must uh, they must feel pretty empowered. Well, we know from working uh, with the kids at Girvan that they do. They feel they feel good about themselves after the sessions and that they've managed to do something that they couldn't do in week one or they were like no way I'm not trying that no way and then even within a few weeks they're yeah. they're doing it and they they're so they're so proud of themselves it's great yeah I, I think and you, you can see the sort of growth uh and the way the kids are happy uh, last Tuesday we actually we will run a session with a school and we're taking them to a pump track and parents actually turned up because they were wondering what their kids were always talking about so th- this is again showing that the kids become so enthusiastic because you've let them take a risk that they're explaining it to their parents, but their parents who haven't done this are like, what is this? <laughs> what is it? So, so then they turn up and then that allows you to broaden your whole active travel discussion, your your whole thing, because you can talk to them, oh, how do you get here? How do you do this? How do you do that? Mm-hmm. And start to bring them into the fold in a way where they don't feel like they're being preached to yeah, or yeah. they don't feel, you know... A lot of people look at active travel and expect us to be hugging trees, eating smashed avocado, <laughs> wearing Crocs, all that kind we of thing. We do all those things, what do you mean? <laughs> we, we do all those things when people aren't looking. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's a much a much more relaxed atmosphere and people don't feel pressured into mm. being something they're not. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when you bring people to like an active travel thing, they'll tell you things, but they'll tell you the things they want you to hear. Yeah, because because they're worried how they'll look. Whereas <clears> it's <throat> this much more relaxed thing. Yeah, their guards down and they're more willing to tell you what they actually genuinely feel are the issues. Yeah, it's definitely a, a more relaxed approach to it. I think people don't feel uh, they're they're being kind of preached to, or um, and they they actually probably don't realise that they're learning about active travel and that their mindset's being changed and that they're thinking a bit differently they don't realize it's happening um, yeah. so I'm going to just let's wind back a wee bit and talk about let's explain exactly a what's a pump track because yeah. there'll be a lot of people listening that don't have a clue what we're talking about and then what do you guys then do with said pump tracks um with the kids that you work with yeah so the, the easiest way probably for most people to understand the pump track is it's basically an asphalt or still sometimes dirt BMX track without a race start. And there's there's all manners of configurations that that can take. Mm. So basically it's big tight corners and lots of little jumps and arranged in however fits the space. Yep. Uh, what we have found, our newest one, which is coming to Bells Hill, probably looks more like a skate park at bits. Okay. There's bits that look more like a... a they call it a pump park, but really it's a small skate park or a small small pump track. It's a much, it's even more of a vague concept than the idea of pump tracks. Okay. Uh, so it would be like what I would describe as the early skate parks. So things like Stockwell, that in London, or basically, or even the original Livy, where it's sort of just very hard to describe, just shapes that people can use 
so yeah, so a pump park, which is a new thing. Never it's heard a small, of that. Is, no. is, yeah, there, there's lots of photos just now on social media. Yeah, of this I've seen one the photos. People are excited. Yeah, been posting uh, about Strathclyde and it looks or Strathclyde Park because that's the one that Bells Hill that you're talking about. Uh, Bells Hill, yeah. Is it technically in Strathclyde Park still? Yes. The, yeah. Uh, it's also interesting because it's not just in Bells Hill; it's also in Motherwell. Mm. It's a it's a lovely thing that straddles, but the the pump track doesn't. It's the mountain bike trails that go into yeah, the okay. the other area. Uh, but also beside the pump track there, we also have steeper jumps than they've ever had before. So if you've ever been properly into BMX or that, and people ride dirt like things like the X Games or uh, Dew Tour and things like that, with properly shaped lips so that people go way high in the air, yeah. we've now got that as well as the Not sort of more yeah. casual road thing that a pump track is. <laughs> so I think that the one at Bells Hill puts a new template in because you have a defined beginners area, an intermediate type area, and then an sort of more professional area. Yeah. But they're all segregated, but you can all you can move between them. Uh-huh. If that makes any sense. That sounds like a good idea to me though. I mean, that's something I've talked about a couple of times. Um you know, s- small skate parks are something that local councils quite often will install. I think it's um as a fairly straightforward thing to to put in um, to give kids something to do. But these pump um, skate parks that often get put in in urban areas, they're not accompanied with a beginner's area or any kind of beginner's sessions or anything like that. So it's really, you've either got to be quite confident and want to just go and muck about and figure it out yourself, or you've already got to know what you're doing. To, yeah. to go along and use those kind of things. So a beginner's area, to me, sounds like a great idea. Yeah, uh, I think as well, because the, the area is big, so we mm-hmm. have all this stuff there, but also a small ride or walkaway, we actually have a complete learn-to-ride area, oh, wow. which is basically just completely <clears throat> flat asphalt with a little sort of road painted on it and stuff like that, so you can learn. So you've got all the way from balance bikes to the guys that you know make money out of bikes can yeah, all yeah. use the same facilities. Oh, that but sounds the, amazing. The, there is enough that you can segregate them if that uh-huh. makes any because obviously you don't want somebody who's just <coughs> starting out on a balance bike suddenly appearing when you're doing <laughs> 30 mile an hour. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I still feel that I still feel that even describing that, I've still actually fundamentally missed what a pump track is. I, I think I it's will, more the thing I've I always will, tried um, to say is it's more a social experience. Yeah, you, people don't actually ride it as much as you think you do when you turn up. You probably spend eighty percent of your time standing <laughs> with your pals talking. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of chatting. Yeah, it's tiring though as well. So yeah, it is quite tiring if you're doing it right. So the idea, correct me if I'm wrong, um, a bit total amateur here, but the idea is to be able to enter the pump track, um, and be able to get yourself around the various parts of the pump track without. Uh, having to pedal yep. so you should be able to go around and use your body to pump the bike up and down to get the energy to boost yourself faster and faster around this track that's kind of the yeah idea, so it's just, yeah? if you if you go to some pump track races they will cut your chain off wow okay. so that you can't get away with a sneak pedal so <laughs> it, it's all about so it's it's actually a quite a good full body workout when you ride because you're moving everything your core's actually getting exercised because Everything's about movement. It's like it's uh, the old Shakira thing of your hips don't lie. You're pushing yeah. in, pulling up, pushing in, pulling up, and 
that's how you generate speed. So it's pushing down into the jumps, pulling yep. up out of them. And it's actually amazing the speed you can generate without pedaling. Yeah, yeah. It's um I will post some links in our uh, show notes and stuff for people to have a look at um various different websites that show some good pictures of pump tracks so that they can get an idea in their head of, of what we're talking about if we're not describing yeah. it. Um so what do then you guys at social tracks so if you there, there obviously are there's there's only one um Velo Solutions asphalt pump track that I'm aware of in Ayrshire, which is the one that we have at Girvan. Um, there's a couple of other dirt ones that I know exist, but um, you guys have access to some kind of well-established proper pump tracks, don't you? That yep. you then what, tell me what you then do with the school groups. Um, so we basically <clears throat> with the school groups we can go all the way back. So I'll go back to an example of a school that we use. So we've been in a certain school for five years. And all of that, we work with the kids, teaching them more skills. So these kids also get taught bikeability, which we don't do because obviously they can get bikeability for free and things like that. And bikeability tells you not to skid, and that that brings me out an allergic <laughs> reaction uh, because I feel that you should skid. So we teach them the, the the other skills that they can learn, like things like taking their hands off, dropping their bike, all that jazz at the school. Which gives them the more confidence again for when they go to bikeability too, so that they can take their hands off to signal in roads. And then once they've done bikeability too, we've set up their skills that will then take them to the pump track. Now, what we've always found is sometimes when you take kids to the pump track for the first time, there's a bit of fear. Mm. But this year for the first time, we were the only kids that we've worked with for almost all those five years. So all the way through primary school. And they turned up at the pump track and they had so confident in their bike abilities that it didn't phase them to the point that we were teaching them how to transfer over stuff in about the second and third week, which is pretty unheard of. That's like actually, you know, that's topping out the level of skills that you would yeah. imagine in this block. And it's just the fact that these kids have so much confidence because they've had all that bike education yeah. All the way up to where they turned up at something that will generally most people turn up at a pump track the first time, be like, oh, that's a bit bigger than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And it's always going to be that way because things like GoPros and that are going to flatten it and make it look not as steep or that as it actually is. Yeah. And again, this is where you build your resilience, is because you then have to overcome that little bit of fear to drop in. And the first time you drop in and realize actually this is easy. Yeah. It, it is really dropping in isn't a hard thing mentally it's hugely difficult physically it's simple yeah and once people have broke that the the, the way they change and th this group of kids all turned up and they were like yeah i can drop in because they, they we had worked the stuff we'd shown them steeper hills so they knew we have three principles for trying to work on all three principles when we're training so they knew the three principles of already dropping in based off what were the three principles for riding down a hill yeah and then there's obviously the fourth one, which is please don't crash. <laughs> don't die. <laughs> I, don't die. Do you know what paperwork I have to fill in? And I now feel that I've gone off on a tangent. No, that's okay. I, <laughs> I won't stop you either because it's, uh, it's, it's super interesting to me as well. But um, yeah, so you've got a group that you've been, you said your group that you've been working with for about five years now and you basically yeah. created a monster. They're too good. <laughs> yeah, which is a nice problem to have. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's also that, what what do we do now? So they're already now, they're learning tricks and that. So basically oh, wow. when they 
when they leave us, which is for some of them their final weeks next week and for some other ones it's a couple of weeks, they're already going to be able to then go to a skate park, other pump tracks and carry on pushing themselves if yeah. they choose to, which I think quite a few of them will because the, the number of them that now turn up to the school with BMXs <laughs> kind of explains, its, yeah. explains itself. So uh, that is where really the the whole point of both of our projects comes in in that getting kids to cycle to school is not an, actually an easy thing to do but the work that you're doing you're finding that the kids that are coming along and doing stuff on the pump track and join their bmx then it slowly starts to trickle through so they start yeah. riding to school start bringing their own bikes in and that's where the behavior change in the active travel element comes yes yeah. and it's it's also one of the reasons why we started to bring in the skateboard and scooter stuff, because we were working out, we seemed to always plateau around about 60%, so we could get 60% of kids to ride to school, right. which is a huge number, <laughs> uh, but obviously we weren't happy with that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were the rest, yeah. Yeah, like, and, it's, and as I say, it happened time and time again that we got to 60, and it's like, there must be a reason why we're not getting over 60. Uh, so obviously we start talking to the kids so you then get some kids whose parents just can't afford the bike which is totally understandable and you also have some kids whose parents just won't buy them a bike now there's not really much you can do for the parents that won't buy a bike but you can help the kids whose parents can't afford the bike which is either by you use the new thing that they were doing with schools where we give free bikes mm -hmm. which obviously solves that in a much easier way yeah. uh, but trying to get all the funding to run that is not not the easiest and, and yeah. we have run it from various success but one week I turned up with my skateboard just to plot about and the kids were oh skateboard I was like oh well we've got skateboards so then we took the skateboards out and we gave the first group of kids a bunch of skateboards to try along with the bike stuff and then the next week we went into that 40% suddenly turned up with skateboards Oh, okay. And then we realised actually we've been wrong here on how we're dealing with inequality. Mm -hmm. We can we can maximise inequality by treating skateboards the exact same way as we treat bikes. So it doesn't matter which one you turn up with. Yep. We're going to give you the session. Yeah. And then what you also end up having is some kids come with both. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that that's not a bad thing. But just seeing the kids that before were feeling a bit down because all their pals had a bike and then they were having to use one of the higher ones now our higher bikes aren't terrible our higher bikes are all good quality and yeah. probably better than the bikes that the parents had bought but these kids as you know just felt down because they weren't part of it and yeah. then we give them they get a skateboard because basically a skateboard 40 pound is way less than a 500 pound bike let's be honest yeah they could join in take part and what we found is the growth through skateboarding is ridiculous just now that we, we get lots of groups that we, we we didn't get before, such as teenage girls, yes, which is a very hard demographic to get. Mm. Uh, and that didn't matter if we had female or male coaches; they just wanted to skateboard. Yeah. Uh, I also think that if you buy, if you go to Halfords and you buy a two hundred and fifty pound bike, which I understand is a lot of money, it's you know a big part of most people's budgets. Yeah. The problem is. If parts of that break, it's really hard to upgrade. But if you go to Sports Direct and buy a four hundred a forty pound skateboard, 
all the parts of that will still fit all the professional parts of a skateboard. Yeah. So you can slowly upgrade over, you know, over the course of a year or that. You can upgrade yeah. and get the better bits, the things that are going to make a difference, but not have it blow your budget out. Yeah. Whereas you buy a £250 mongoose or something and the forks in it bend, generally use an external headset. So your problem then is when you buy new BMX forks, most of them are designed the aftermarket ones have the crown race already built in and that won't work with the headset that's on an external <laughs> headset yeah. bike so you've basically got a so bike stuffed, that you, yeah. you can't do stuff with yeah yeah that's so a that's shame. that's a, a the skateboarding is actually a, a big part i would say of what i took away from i mean i learned loads from working with you guys but um the skateboarding it seemed like i was like i can't believe i've never even thought of that yeah. <laughs> you know, I think we get very in the active travel world, you get very kind of bogged down with um just walking and cycling, walking and cycling. But ultimately, if someone's you know using a wheeled object and their own steam to get them somewhere, it, it's it's active travel. Um yeah. and to um, me, I was like, Oh, I never even thought of that. And working with these kids, especially teenage girls, is we do our anti-cycles programs and some of the groups that we work with through anti-cycles, you know, it's all teenage girls. Um, and some of the groups are are great and they're very easy to convert, <laughs> but um, some of the groups just aren't. Cycling's just yeah. not for them and they're just not going to get on a bike. They don't want to. But I'm starting to think maybe, you know, skateboarding's going to be, be something they're going to be into and it's worth looking into a bit more from an active travel point of view. That's, that's yeah. my... Um, new ambition is to be able to get use my skateboard which you gave me and I love it thank you um to get from my house to the train station that's my new that's my <laughs> new thing I just want to be able to ride it to the train station because it's going to be so much easier for me than trying to get my bike on the flipping train and get it over the stairs at the station I could just take my skateboard and then just pick it up and yeah yeah so well one of the ways I think about that is uh, me and Dan were down at, me, uh, down at a course in London and we were like, right, how are we going to cut about? And we were going to take our bikes. And on the day before we went, I was like, actually, I'm taking my boat instead. And what we realised was I could cut about using all the active travel stuff as fast as Dan was on his bike on yeah. my board. Yeah. But then when we came to shops, I just picked my board up and walked yes, in. that's my point. Uh, yeah, you don't need to worry about where you're going to leave it. You sling it in your bag, stick it under your arm. Just jump on the train, and you don't need to think about right. Is there space here for my bike? Where how am I going to get it over those stairs? If they put me off at platform four at air, how am I getting over those stairs on my bike? I'll have my skateboard. It'd be so much easier. So that's my new uh, life goal: is to, to be able to ride my skateboard, which it's not it's not planning out. Well, I'm going to need comfort <laughs> lessons. <laughs> well, that, that's cool. We've got we've got more stuff coming once yeah, our, once our new facility is open. Yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be stuff there every Tuesday and Thursday night. Okay, right. For, well, for, for quite a while. Okay, well, good opportunity. Tell me, tell me about that. Then tell me what your new facility is going to be and what you're going to have coming up that people can look into. So the new facility, as we already <coughs> said, has a pump track, a pump park. The only asphalt dirt jump line you're going to find in Scotland. Asphalt dirt jump line sounds terrible, but it's basically dirt jumps <laughs> made out of asphalt. Okay. <laughs> uh, with proper lips uh, we have a skills area for mountain biking and a blue and red trail and there's also a bike trials area 
Uh, bike trials so, era, we're, we're not going to use. Scottish bike trials are going to use that. Those yeah. are the guys that are the experts in that, so we're not going to bother stepping on anybody else's yeah. toes. They know what they're doing. We we just look at it and go, that's a thing. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't understand it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's something I've always joked about because we have uh, Rory with us, who's a trials rider. I've always said that I think a BMX is... You know, we're hammering something, and the trials rider, some that's using a screwdriver with the correct torque wrench, okay. or something. <laughs> and I, I can't, I can't ride that way. Not good enough <laughs> to ride that way. Uh, so we're going to have all that stuff. Uh, obviously, we're heading into winter, so it's going to be dark. So the mountain bike trails will be getting stuff done on Saturdays or Sundays during the day, and then the sort of pump track and that will all be lit up. Uh, there was huge discussions about the lights. Uh, I was so happy because I've been at discussions before with skate parks and things like that. And one of the things I was trying to explain was sometimes when we go to these places, you don't realise how fast we actually move and the lights don't compensate for how fast you're actually travelling. So you end up with bits where you're like blinded and bits where yeah. you can't see. So we spent a while coming up with lights that should cover you for riding about at 30 mile an hour. So that you don't okay. die, because <laughs> we, we would quite not like that to happen. Yeah. So, the, so these sessions will then run on a Tuesday evening and a Thursday evening, and we'll have the usual bikes, skateboards, and scooters available to hire. Uh, all of which will be free hire, and obviously helmets. Mm -hmm. And then there'll be guys hanging about, like hanging about. There'll be staff. There'll be staff <laughs> that will be on hand to teach you what to do or Amazing. give you pointers or that, and just try and have a session. So amazing. And this is at Strathclyde Park. At Strathclyde Park, beside yeah. Bells Hill Golf Course. Magic. So you guys are going to be actually you're going to be based there then, as opposed to so at the moment you're based uh you've got the pump track at Wishaw Hill Wishaw. Wood. Yeah. And then you've got premises. Where are they again, remind me? They're they're also in Wishaw. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's it's called Gout Thrapple. Yes, that's what that's what I'm looking people for. People love when I have to spell the first time for invoices and stuff. That's a great word, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and at Bells Hill, we're going to be bringing school groups and stuff like that down during the day. Okay. So that's other things that are on the go. Wow. Busy, busy. Yeah. So at the moment, you kind of going out to the schools where where they've got some sort of skate or pump track type facility on the ground on your um, by. So you go out to them. Yep. And But now schools are going to be able to come okay. to you. To us, yes. Okay, amazing. Which saves save some fuel and also <clears throat> it's encouraging that to travel part. Yeah. Because yeah. We're, we're, we're opening up that discussion and bringing people via how we would like them to get about. Oh, cool. Which is nice. Yeah. Um, that's, it, that's I think it's about time we tried to change things at Bells Hill because why, Bells Hill is one of those places where literally every ledge has a skate stopper on it. <laughs> and I think, you know, I do know that lots of landscape architects are <clears throat> not happy with doing that kind of thing. And same with the, the anti-homeless bikes where they're like, why are we doing this? this yeah. these, these are negative rather than positive influences. Yeah. So it'd be nice to see them change, which I think is coming. Yeah, good. Okay, that sounds pretty exciting. You guys have got a lot on your plate then. <laughs> yeah. So um, I would also like to talk a wee bit about... I'm going to just explain to everybody a little bit about what we've worked together on at Girvan. Oh. Um, <clears throat> so, quick background. So, I often work with Girvan Academy um, with some pupils from their support and wellbeing departments, um, doing cycle skills and, you know, 
some of the kids had missed bike ability due to lockdown and things and they'd come up uh, to high school having missed bike ability so we were just doing basic you know cycle skills type stuff some games um just getting everybody confident and enjoying riding their bikes and Girvan Academy is extremely fortunate in that it has a full-on fellow solutions asphalt pump track in the school grounds which is like unheard of in Ayrshire. So <laughs> um, when I first started going, the teacher that I work with there had said to me, can you do something uh, with the pump track? And I was like, woof, no, <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing with a pump track either. I could get myself around it maybe, but probably not. So once I'd worked with the kids for a while, um, I thought we you start to kind of get to the point where you think, right, we've done all these games, we've done all this bike ability stuff. Well, what's next? What else can we possibly do? So I was like, right, I'm going to have to just get my brave pants on and figure out what to do with this pump track. So I started trying to build a lap of the pump track into some of the kind of obstacle race type stuff that we're doing. And very quickly realised the kids uh, were, like you say, quite scared of using it. They were like, what on earth do we do? I could actually only kind of persuade two or three of them to, to have a go and were willing to try going around it. Now I was like, right. This is, I need some help here. So quick Google search and I found you guys. Um, and I thought, right, maybe I could learn a little bit from these guys just so that I knew how to um, how to run a session, you know, how to spend a bit of time on the pump track. Because for all I knew, you could you could go around it and then, <clears throat> excuse me, you go around it, but then, but then what? You know, I didn't know enough to run a full session with these kids. So thankfully, that is completely your area of expertise. So you guys came down and ran your shredability program with us at Girvan for 10, 10 weeks. And it's just been fantastic. I'd, it's just gone even better than, than I had hoped it would. We had all the active travel benefits, kids cycling to school that hadn't been before, um, kids, kids coming to school <laughs> that hadn't been coming <laughs> to school. Um, so attendance at school was up. And behavior was improved at school and at home because these sessions were there and you know teachers and, and um, parents and guardians at home were able to say you know wrap it or you're not get your bmx this week so it was <laughs> definitely like a, a form of uh, behavior <clears throat> improvement for a lot of them as well and and for me just seeing these kids using this pump track that i'd been down there week you know month in month out and this pump track's just sitting there not being used just getting filled with glass and litter and for me seeing these kids actually using it and enjoying it and absolutely loving it on a Wednesday when we were down there just that I mean what more can you ask for and having a pump track in your school is um amazing and now yeah. these kids realize that <laughs> and they're and they're using the pump track and we've also um opened it up to the community a bit as well so the active travel hub uh, bought some bmx's um under your guidance and we've they are now with government bike library so if anyone wants to go and use the pump track there's you know good quality bmx's there that they can hire from government bike library to go and use on the pump track we've done a couple of community sessions as well just to show people um how to use a pump track kind of safely like how what what to do what's the point of it and how to not die basically <laughs> so <laughs> it's and it's been a huge success I just um I've loved it and the kids have all loved it and I think the people we've had you know 
the community sessions have been really busy and everyone's really enjoyed it. So we'll hope to continue that in the springtime once, because there aren't uh, lights there, unfortunately, and the weather's not on our side at the moment, but I hope to continue that in the spring. And so, yeah, it's been a, it's been amazing working with you guys to do that. And there's a, so there's a big legacy there from what, what you guys have done with us and Griffin as well. And long may that continue. <laughs> So I wanted as well to ask about your Mindful BMX yeah. project that you run. So I know this is not, it's not part of social track, is it? But it's, uh, no, it is. It is, it is well. right. Okay. So yeah. Mindful BMX, I love this concept, Mindful Skateboarding and Mindful BMX. Tell us what, what, what that means. Well... You know, again, similar to active travel, the whole concept of mindfulness, people will have set ideas of what mindfulness is in their head. They're probably going to expect me to have like long hair and some, <laughs> some sort of arm chants and things like that, uh, which, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. If you get into that, that is way cool. Uh, but that's definitely not me. <laughs> but one of the most important points of mindfulness is that you should be present in the moment. And I feel things like BMX, skateboarding, mountain biking, with what uh, Dimbins are doing now as well. You have no choice but to be in the moment, because if you're not in the moment, you're probably on the ground. Mm -hmm. So th there's various ways to look at this. And that's that's one of, them, one of the ones that I tried to do is use it to combat anxiety. Because I understand going to a pump track or a skate park can be as anxiety ridden is going for an interview or going to work or even getting out of bed in the morning uh, so we I teach you ways to come into that control your breathing do, do even just like a, a really small meditation because you know if you sit there to do a five minute meditation people are going to look at you which might not help but <laughs> there's there's ways you can do this by like sort of mindfully looking mindfully breathing as you go up and nobody's going to be aware of what you're doing but when you turn up, you'll be relaxed. And then the point is that the first thing I want you to do is to look at everything, be aware of it. And then in that, you end up working out what you can do because you're taking it all in. You're thinking about it. You're not trying not to be judgmental. You know, some points we might be judgmental and go, that's a bit too steep. That's a bit, but not to dwell on that. And then think of all the positives that you've done that day. And then when you drop in, everything just feels perfect. It just it just works yeah uh you know one of the one of the sessions that amused me recently was that we had people who had just begun and we had people that i'd seen in magazines when i was growing up and i realized that got a session going on where we can talk to people who literally are famous in this sport and everybody knows to people who are just starting out and there is no ego on the mm -hmm. go there's like nobody's trying to be like oh I'm better than you or people were looking up going oh he's so good and I'm so not good so mm. to speak it was just yeah just realizing that if we bring mindfulness and we can take that whole thing away which if you go back to the high schools the first thing everybody suffers from is I don't want to do this yeah. this is embarrassing I can't do <laughs> yeah. that so I, as you saw my, my first thing to do is to make them all dance so that they can all do get all that embarrassingness out everybody's embarrassed themselves we're all equally <laughs> embarrassed and we can start from there and work our way up and that's kind of where the mindfulness comes in as well except I'm trying not to embarrass you in that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just trying to make us all less judgmental 
and then that that affects how you think about things later on. So you know, I'm teaching you, yeah, you're scared. That that's okay. It's perfect to go. I'm scared, but then you look and you see somebody doing what you were scared of, and you go, I might be scared, but I've just saw them do it, and nothing bad happens. So nothing yep. bad is going to happen to me. So I'm not saying chase your fears away. Saying embrace them a little bit, and yeah. that will keep you safe, mm-hmm. whilst also keeping you within your limits. And again, brings you back to the whole risk averse thing. Yeah. So we we run them as separate sessions for yeah. people for for adults, but what we also do is sometimes with the schools we'll also throw in little concepts of mindfulness and counselling mm-hmm. when we're teaching kids how to do things. Because again, it's the, it's the same idea. Everything's scary. You you need it broken down. You know and. I bring us back to there was one school we were at and we were doing like a drop down a big hill. Not 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 a huge hill, but a big hill to the kids that were taking part, if that yeah. makes sense. And some of the PE teachers came by and one of the teachers was like, oh, come on, hurry up and do it. Everybody's waiting for you. And said, right, <coughs> do it when I've counted to five. And I'm like, what, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> that's totally the wrong way. Oh, that might be your opinion. And I'm like, yeah, but this is my class. So yeah. please go. And then the kid just did it just because there were <laughs> there, there was a stuff. But again, the like, yeah, I wouldn't have broke it down that way with the kid. I, was, yeah. I, I, I understand what's going on. Do you want to tell me what you're scared of? What, what's going on? And then, you know, either used it as a proper teaching moment. Yeah. yeah. But, and that also then, goes back to how they would re- re- go deal with exams you know you're, you're you're apprehensive but there's nothing wrong with being apprehensive but what's going to happen if it goes wrong really nothing yeah that's it. <laughs> you're, you're going to get a piece of paper that said it went wrong and then it's you, a little you, toolkit you that on. you can use in every area of your life really isn't it yeah yeah you and i've seen I'm... you do it sort of in action as well even if somebody <clears throat> skins or knee or something like that and they're a bit like oh no I fell I've yeah. seen you sit and kind of take them through some of the mindfulness skills to help them just get back on the horse basically yeah. and we use it to ground them so yeah. generally using the whole sort of senses working your way through the senses tends to it stops people panicking it's not mm. you know obviously there's there's certain things where you know if it's a really bad accident and somebody's broke their neck i'm not going to go through this <laughs> <laughs> you know we're, we're going to be on the phone <laughs> an ambulance uh but we might incorporate a bit of mindfulness to keep you calm whilst we're, whilst we're, <laughs> yeah. whilst we're enough on what's going on oh you broke your neck oh just <laughs> just, just run it off you'll be all just right run off. <laughs> but yeah i i think that's you know the, that's the thing is that whole approach like you know kids fall don't run as soon as you run towards the kids you're already putting them in the idea that there's something something's wrong something's wrong you. If, if you saunter over you're going to they're still going to be okay when you get there you're also not going to trip up and break your ankle running towards something that <laughs> yeah. doesn't need somebody running towards again if it's a serious accident and you can tell it's a serious accident, don't don't saunter. If it's if it's a matter yeah. of life and death, yes, perspective here. Yeah. yeah, over the years I've sort of refined the technique that I use. So originally I did all the sort of bike coaching stuff. So you know I'd come up, I'd cone everything, I would do all those kind of exercises, and the more I did it, there was times I'd switching off, which is understandable because yeah. sometimes you've given them a monologue which is what which is what's in the coaching manual mm-hmm. but might not be the best way to approach it 
and that was that was that led to the thing of a social track. Every coach has three sentences max. That's how you teach everything. So basically, they, they don't the, the way we coach looks very different. And yeah. the reason we coach is because I started thinking more and more about this, and I was like, "How did I learn? How how did we learn at the skate park?" And I realised that was it? nobody ever gave us the complete answer. You'd be trying something, and you might try it for. 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes, and then somebody says to you, have you tried leaning back on that? And then you lean back and you make it. Yeah. Or, you know, your hands are in the wrong place or on the board, your feet are in the wrong place, do this. Yeah. And I thought, actually, that's that's how we should teach. We, we, we shouldn't be, if you want to kick flip a board, you have to put your foot here, you have to put your front foot here, you have to kick this way so it catches this bit of the concave. That causes the board to flip. It flips you, look, you see, you put your feet, you break it down. Explaining that's too much. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of skateboard things are quite complicated like that. But you can show people where their feet go and let them work on it for a bit and then see where they're going and then go, right, this time, try this. Yeah, add in a wee tip and... And then leave them with it again mm-hmm. and then come back and go, this bit does this. So it's like things like on a BMX where we teach a manual. So we've got three three things for a manual, but those three things that work for the manual then feed into how you do a bunny hop, which mm-hmm. then means a bunny hop can be taught in three ways. And it's understanding where the progression where you want the kids to go. Yeah. And it's, again, as I say, it, it doesn't look like we're doing much. But the problem is we're teaching a skill. Yeah. And you can't teach a skill by constantly being like and talking because all that happens then is you confuse people. You confuse <laughs> yourself. You confuse yeah. the kid that's trying to learn. And you need them to realise that all those mistakes are making, there's nothing wrong with them. That's yeah. what's going to build into you that need thing those where you do it. One thousand tries of yeah. of all of the things before they're going to nail it yeah yeah and then on that 1001 where you make it it's <laughs> going to be the best feeling in the world and, <laughs> yeah. and that's what's going to keep the kids doing this stuff because it's that moment of actually learning something new that brings you in yeah and keeps you because that feeling you know that whole dopamine release and everything your whole body's like this is it yes, you've done it. yeah it is yeah. a brilliant it's a brilliant feeling yeah the I read an article about surfers and I said with surfers they got this and lots of surfers ended up addicted to cocaine and the reason was was that basically the, the they were getting the same hit as they were of learning something new. Well. So it's, <laughs> it's trying to get, obviously you can then use this to keep kids off drugs but it's, <laughs> it's understanding that this is, this is the reason why people get addicted. So the mm. reason why people get addicted to skateboarding or BMX or scootering. It's doing the same thing in your brain is... Yeah. As drugs, but as something that's way more socially acceptable yeah. and not, not, <laughs> not and hopefully not going to destroy your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I have to say, I definitely found. Um, I know what what we had hoped to do when we brought you guys on board at Garvin, um, and I'd hoped obviously the kids were going to learn how to use the pump track, which uh, obviously big tick. But it was one of the things that. I, I learned loads from it as well. I learned how to use a pump track and I learned how to kind of work with the kids and with future groups that will come through Gervin Academy. But also just um, seeing, seeing you guys and the way that you coach and the way that you work is very different to anything that I had attended. I've been to loads of different coaching things and qualifications like that coming out my years as well. But 
your what you guys do was very different and I could just see I could see how it worked and the kids yeah. loved it and you know now I'm I'm back at Girvan and they're like when are they, where are the other guys are they coming back and I'm like no you're stuck with me <laughs> <laughs> tough luck but um it definitely works it's definitely um and I, I'm hoping that maybe some folk that are listening will be really interested in what you guys do and hopefully we'll get in touch I know you're super busy <laughs> but um I'm hoping people will get in touch and try and find out a wee bit more and about how they can do similar stuff with their groups and their schools and try and yeah, learn a bit about this what, thing what you're saying where the kids are asking where we come <clears> back <throat> that, that's something that yeah that's that's nice for my ego but also <laughs> it plays into this as part of the the trust that we develop so because we're teaching something risky you you build this trust and it yeah. because it doesn't become as much a coaching it almost becomes like a friendship mm-hmm. which is where with a lot of the kids we work with some groups that are they really need help uh, or they've got an absolutely terrible home life and it becomes that thing where they can tell you everything mm-hmm. you know and you you learn about these kids and then you you refine your method off of yeah. that as well and again, that comes to mindfulness. One of the things that I, I learned through mindfulness was some of the kids will tell you things that are just horrific. Yeah. And I can't think of any nice way to put that. Yeah. And the, you might not know what to say, but one of the mindfulness things I was told was to just go, you know, I don't have an answer for you at this minute, but I'm so happy that you felt you could talk to me. Mm-hmm. And that little sentence, you the work that that can do for kids that have got huge issues just to know that yeah. somebody listened to them and that's I think that's what you guys are doing in a nutshell though isn't it it's so much more than pump track and bmx you know that's it's almost secondary isn't it you're using yeah. it as like a conduit to to these other conversations and these other life skills that these yeah. kids are taking away from one of the things we've been teaching the staff is <clears throat> you can have all the coaching qualifications in the world but what you've got to think of this is more counselling in some ways. And we tend to use, like, a sort of, we try to use a Carol Rogers thing where as persons, we are dealing with groups, but we try to be person-centred because nobody in that group is going to be the same. And just by being able to break that down and learning to understand how all these kids are different and how each kid has their own own issues or their own attributes and how you can boost them yeah, is way more important than, to me, having the oh, you've got all the level two qualifications from British Cycling. That's mm. great, but can you relate to these kids? Yeah. Yeah, and that's often something that you can't teach either, can you? You've no. either got it or you haven't with some people, I think. You guys have definitely all got it in spades. It was great working with you. I thoroughly enjoyed it. learned loads. I think it's because we're a bunch of kids. Well, where's that? <laughs> <laughs> it was lots of fun. Yeah, hopefully, and, we'll, and... hopefully we'll get to do something together in the future again that'd be good but I guess the, the simple thing is how can you expect kids to want to do this if it isn't fun mm-hmm. you know uh, when kids learn mathematics or something they're learning by rote the number of kids that hate it just because they don't like that way and you get people going oh those kids are not intelligent you're like well no they just didn't memorize something but you see those same kids what they've learned to do in Minecraft or Roblox or Fortnite and then afternoon mm. you're like it, how did you do that and that's yeah. because they're learning and it's fun yeah and that's that was one of those sort of things that we looked at and thought this has to be fun yeah and then 
my daughter was learning snowboarding <clears throat> and she'd have these, she'd have some coaches who talk for ages and I could watch her shut off mm. and not take, not take any part in it. Over. Mm. Yeah. And then she met this one coach who basically was like the same as us. He was having them ride and would just go over and say, try this and correct them. And then that one hour that she had that guy, the difference yeah. that happened in all that class, you saw the whole class just shoot forward and I thought it's not just us this, yeah <laughs> other people other people have discovered this as well yeah and it's you know he definitely wasn't copying the manual that the other people have seen because I've seen you know four or five other coaches <clears throat> from the same place that were all definitely using the same thing it was the same template and in some ways you were thinking I think they're holding the kids back because you're sticking to that template yeah and the guy who just went I just want you to snowboard <laughs> I, I don't care about all this but you're going to have all these skills because I'm going to tell you what you did wrong and every kid felt that he'd talk to them you could yeah. see that at the end yeah. they all felt like this guy this guy's my pal yeah and I was like yeah that that's like literally what we're trying like messaging to going, I found somebody that's just <laughs> doing the same as us <laughs> it's not just us <laughs> yeah and, and it was so reassuring just to see that you know and I guess all these sports, they all work in pretty much the same thing. So, you know, like when we're teaching skateboarding, there is bits that are stole from the snowboarding bit, and there's bits in skateboarding that we maybe stole from BMX, and you think, how can how can that work? Yeah. But, but it does, because yeah. ultimately our bodies are kind of the same, and we're trying to make our bodies do something. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's definitely a, a coaching style that I've really enjoyed watching in action. So hopefully... What I'm going to do, I don't know, what's the best way if people want to get in touch and keep in, keep up to date with what you guys are up to, social media or? Uh, yeah, either Instagram yeah. Or, or Facebook. Instagram uh, or Facebook. So I'm going to post up um, all the links to how, how folk can follow what, what you guys are up to and if they want to find out more about how they might be able to do something similar in their yeah. area um, um, to what on, you guys are doing. On Instagram, we're about to put a story. Uh, okay. Little clips of one, a guy that came to us when he was a young teenager, came with a group of friends, bit insecure, didn't know what they were doing. We we also knew what was going on at school due to youth connections. Um, we, we've worked for this guy. He's now left school. He's doing an apprenticeship. We'd actually offered him a job as well, and he said, mm. "Actually, I think I, I value having the apprenticeship so I can." do this when I'm this and you're just like thinking man you're 17 and you're more switched on than, than I was at that age yeah uh, but we were out riding with him and we were basically just filming clips because he's he, he, as I say couldn't ride when we met him and now some of the stuff we've got him doing is really good Amazing. <laughs> and it's, it's just so I think he deserves like having a well done yeah. <laughs> you know it was like in uh, in the clips, not spot too much. You're going to see him do his first ever handrail. Okay. And uh, that moment for was so euphoric, and we still don't quite know how it happened because <laughs> because literally myself and somebody else were setting up to film him, and he just did it, and we were like, uh, well, oh, all right, <laughs> we, we have got it on video, but we were expecting more attempts if that mm. makes any sense. But it was weird because like he did it. And then we just erupted, like, there was so much emotion. <laughs> but the whole street joined them. Yay. And you were like, 
this is crazy. I oh, remember so when, cool. we, when we would have got shouted at for this before, but literally people in the street were like clapping and <laughs> just oh. like, what is going on here? It's good, isn't it? And I oh, thought this is, this is a combination of like what we've been teaching. He's had all of this and now suddenly there's all these people who are strangers that are just like, well done. Oh, That's amazing. Invested in it. Yeah. You're like, How good is that for you? Oh, it's the best. See, it's amazing, isn't it? It's all these yeah. things that can come through through skate and BMX and riding bikes and just there's having so fun. much having fun there's just so much joy to be had from it all isn't there and I think sometimes when you work in the area <clears throat> it is hard to remember that sometimes isn't it and that's yeah. uh, definitely something I've learned from you guys from working with you this summer so thank you for that and for everything else <laughs> okay great Neil thanks so much for coming on and telling us everything I will um, make sure I post all the links that I've talked about so that folk can find you and follow you and see what you guys are up to and thanks for joining me yep. great to speak to uh, you yep. as always see you soon have a good day bye the Erin Kilmarnock Active Travel Hubs are South and East Ayrshire Council-led projects delivered in partnership with Sustrans and supported by the Smarter Choices, Smarter Places programme from Paths for All.